Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All-Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and this is the Exxon on the Talk Star Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to give us a call, our toll-free number is 1-877-528-8255. Now, that's toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii at 1-877-528-8255. My email address, exxon at talkstarradio.com. On MSN Messenger, talkstarradio at hotmail.com. And our websites, www.xzoneradio.com and www.xzonetv.com. My guest this hour is John Vasquez, and we're going to be talking about his book. And it's a very interesting book. It's called Incident at Fort Benning. Now, in September 1977, during the Joint Attack Weapons System Test, known as JAWS, at Fort Benning, Georgia, the entire base witnessed a UFO invasion. As many as 1,300 troops were involved in the event, most were left with severe psychological trauma and missing time gaps. John Vasquez was courageous enough to undergo counseling, regression therapy, and hypnosis. After 15 years of personal research, John and co-author Bruce Stephen Holmes present the story along with plenty of government documentation. Readers of this book are asked to enter this experience with an open mind after re- and after reviewing the official documents and scrutinizing the appendix, make up your own mind regarding the, in- the incident at Fort Benning. Joining me now is the author, John Vesquez. And John, welcome to the X-Zone. Oh, thank you very much. Appreciate it. How's John, everybody doing? Oh, we're just doing fine. Thanks very much uh, for taking time out of your busy day to join us here tonight, John. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, actually, I'm, I'm I'm retired now, and uh, I'm just taking it easy. <laughs> I'm watching TV a lot and going out and eating. <laughs> now, tell, tell, tell me, what were you doing during the time of the incident at Fort Benning? Well, I, I just first got there at Fort Benning uh, on a um, AIT training. It's uh, advanced infantry training. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit different from basic. Um, basic and AIT is uh, the only hard part of an AIT is uh, I think it's hand-to-hand combat. You got to learn that real quick. 
And uh, the rest is marching as the same thing and uh, running five miles a day every morning. So, yeah, it's just uh, like normal routine procedure. Now, how long had you been in the uh, the Army before going to Fort Benning? Well, I was with the National Guard first. Right. And uh, went to Fort Leonard with Missouri. Came back and went to, uh, I think it was Fort Irwin, California, with uh, desert training. They call it Red Flag. And uh, I told the major there, listen, I want to go to RA, regular Army, and he okayed that, and I went to Fort Benning from there. John, we have to take a commercial break shortly, but when we come back from the commercial, I'd like you to take us through the events in that on the September day in 1997, mm-hmm. where there was this yeah this event that involved 1,300 troops. Yes, I know it sounds really... Uh unusual 1,300 men being uh, abducted, and it sounds really wild and bizarre, but, uh, you know, I keep looking back at it every time when I talk about this, and there's so much evidence involved with this, and the people I've talked to who was also there at the time, and, you know, it's a long story, but I'll make it as briefly as possible, and let's get to the facts of what's going on. All right. You and I are going to the commercial break. Please stand by, John. John Vasquez is our special guest. This hour, he is the co-author of Incident at Fort Benning. He authored this book with Bruce Stephen Holmes. If you'd like to give us a call and ask John any questions pertaining to the incident at Fort Benning, our toll-free number is one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. That's one eight seven seven five two eight eight two five five. And we will be back on the other side of this commercial break with the uh, from our fine sponsors talking about the incident at Fort Benning, live and around the world with John Vasquez on the Talkstar Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere. Or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, old Florida cuisine at its best. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. 
Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back, uh, Explanation. We're talking about an event at Fort Benning in Georgia tonight. Joining me is John Vasquez. And, uh, John, I was wondering if you could tell us, take us to what happened that day in September at Fort Benning. Well, uh, I could this, this, um, you know what, I'm, I'm going to have to ask everybody to kind of sit down, relax, and uh, get ready for a real roller coaster ride. Okay. And uh, you got to imagine this in your mind, put this into your mind, and uh, make a picture out of it so you can see it's like a motion picture. And uh, what happened to us is uh, that uh, around 7.30, one of our drill sergeants, our sergeant, came out to each and every barracks and told us that, uh, well, we're going to have a mandatory formation at 7.30 evening. And sure enough, he came around about 7.30, and everybody walked out to the, this, this, this uh, playing field. It's a wide playing field kind of um, area in uh uh, there's Alpha, Bravo, Charlie Company, and Delta Company, and each company consists of 300 men. Then you gotta uh, you gotta consider uh, uh, the company commander, the supply crew, uh, kitchen crew. They're talking about 1,300 people out there mm-hmm. in this mandatory formation, and you gotta be out there, or you're considered AWOL, which is AWOL. And um, when we got out there, we just stood out there for about uh, oh maybe. Oh, I see about, gosh, about uh, from 7.30 to 8.10. And during that time frame there, uh, everybody got talking to each other and, uh, you know, made small talk. And, and um, I don't know, about, I think it was 8, 8.05 when someone in front of us, um, well, this tall guy in front of me uh, said something like, uh, what is that? You know, and I didn't pay no attention at all because I don't know what he was talking about. And uh, a few seconds later, he said it again. He goes, what is that? So my curiosity got the best of me. So I kind of looked, and uh, the guy, um, I don't know, he was staring at the right side of the sky. And I said, what is it? You know, I don't see anything but stars out there. And he kind of turned his head around, and he says, watch that one star to the right. So I did. I looked at the star for a few minutes, maybe eight seconds, and the star moved. Now, I'm thinking, you know, stars don't move. Mm-hmm. Uh, they stay stationary. And the way it moves like this. Uh, imagine you got an ice cube in your hand, and you place it on a floor that's stainless steel, and you push the ice cube across the floor, yeah. and it kind of slowly slides across like a smooth object. Mm-hmm. Well, this is what the star did. It just smoothly went across the sky. And uh, I told myself, I don't know what that is, but I, I don't know what that's kind of strange-looking star. And it stopped. It went away, came back, it stopped again, and moved the same way it did it, again across the sky. And it stopped again. It went away, and came back, and moved again. And by this time, one of the drill sergeants asking me, "Who do you think that is, Vasquez?" And I go. I don't know, satellite? Back in 77, I heard a lot of satellite stories, you know? Yeah, that would have made sense. And uh, that's what my response was, a satellite. And um, by then, um, another drill sergeant was telling us to stand at attention because our company commander was stepping away and, uh, from his building and walking up and onto this uh, podium. 
and to make a speech about a training course for the next six to eight weeks, and we're listening to him speak, and uh, I kind of looked up to see where this thing went. It was gone. The star was gone. I don't know where it went. So I started to, started listening to uh, the captain making a speech, and I don't know, it was about, what, a minute or two? I hear this uh, unusual sound to my left. It sounded like a rushing noise. A strange sound, a rushing noise. I kind of, I couldn't move, but I kind of leaned backwards to see what happened, what was going on. And I could see Charlie Company men breaking out, out of formation. Like, you know, I, I said some, something was going on over there, and I, I don't know what it was, but then I could see this bright, intense light coming down the dirt road, and I was telling myself, uh, it must be a helicopter or something like that. I don't know what it was. It's just bright, bright, white, bright light. And I could see Charlie Kipling men uh, breaking out of the formation. Some of them running away. Others were standing still. And uh, when I talk about that, I'm sorry, I get a little emotional, you know. But uh, when I, I want to take a better look at this thing. So I lean forward. And by now, this, this bright, intense light is uh, lowered to the ground. And I, I was telling myself, well, it must be a truck coming down the dirt road. And I was about to say something to this guy who was talking to us just now, the tall guy. And I looked up, and he's asleep. I mean, he's standing there asleep, and, and by now this bright, intense light was you know, coming toward us. And I, I don't know what happened here, but I, I guess I became unconscious for about a few seconds. I um, when I came to, I, I, I was aware of where I was standing, and I just couldn't move. It's like I was frozen, standing still. My buddy was on my right side, was standing in formation with me. He was already running out of formation. He was taken off. So I looked at him, and I turned to my right, and uh, I, I told him, come back and help me because I can't move. And I noticed there's other people standing around. The others were, like, running from formation, uh, taking cover underneath this cross space that the building has about two feet high. They're diving underneath this cross space, and others were running to the trees. So I told him, come back and help me. And when he did that, he had to pull me from where I was standing, and we started kind of yelling at each other, asking each other, where's the captain, where's the captain? Well, we knew where the captain was, so we ran over there and we saw him. It was behind the podium. He's standing behind the podium asleep. And I yelled out loud to wake up, told him to wake up. He didn't. So I, I you know, I was surprised these things was happening so fast. And by now my buddy was turned around looking at, behind, well, he was looking at something behind me. I don't know what it was, but uh, his face looked like he just saw uh, uh, a dead person walking around or something. And his face was pale. His eyes were bulging out. So I grabbed his collar and grabbed his, uh, um, his neckline, and I shook him. I shook him real hard, and I told him, this, don't look at it, don't look at it, whatever it was. I didn't see it. And he sort of came to him asking me what's going on. I told him, just take cover and run, run, run. You know, and we both started running. And uh guy, we went to the first building, and there was something crawling around in this uh, crawl space, and we didn't know what it was. And it's got some dark shadows moving around there, and 
we both stopped, and I told him, to, hey, go get help and take cover. He said, I'm going to stay with you and see what this thing is, and it was one of us. He was crawling out the building, and he's screaming, what's going on with the captain? Mm-hmm. And uh, we told him, hey, the captain's asleep. There must have been some other people underneath the building because he was yelling at at them or something. You know, he was turned around yelling at somebody. And uh, we told him, yeah, just go back in there. Just take cover, you know, just stay underneath the building. And we started, my buddy and I started running again to the second building. And uh, at the far end of the second building, there was uh, people at the far end. They were yelling our names and calling us to come over there. So we went over running over there. And we got underneath the building, and, and that's when the argument started because we didn't know what was going on, and things were happening so fast. We were arguing and cursing at each other, and uh, we thought it was the Russians. Russian invasion at that time. Because yeah, at that time, we were all been told the Russians are this and Russians are that all day long. And they got Russian pictures, Russian flags, you know. So who we were screaming at each other, telling each other. It's the Russians, they even bet it United States. And, and now that was so crazy to think that. Um, by then, we could uh, um, hear screaming going on. High-pitched screams from the formation we were at. The guys we left behind there, they were screaming and stuff. Something was happening to them. And, I, and one of the guys uh, who was in the cross space there with me, I said, I said something like, hey, we need to go out there and help these guys out. And he just turned around and says, no, no, they're already dead. I said, already dead? You know, I'm thinking, my God, this is, this is happening. This is real. By now, um, this Joe Sergeant, Joe Sergeant Santini, just started running from the, the first building, showed up out of nowhere. And he, he was waving his, up and down, his arms up and down like he was going about to fly somewhere. And he's screaming for us to take cover, take cover, you know. And he started to run, and we lost him. And we lost him at the second building. And um, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, at the uh, at the second building, at the yeah second building level, first building, we're looking up. There's a white ball that disappeared. Ball light disappeared, and it swooped down to his height, but six foot, raced after him, and we heard a, a slap and a thump, and we sent one of the guys to go see what happened, and he came back and said, hey, Sergeant Santini's on the sidewalk. He's out. Well, that that, that kind of <laughs> told us that, where's the M16s? Where's the live animal? We were going to arm ourselves, and we were arguing about that in, underneath this building. And I don't know, this next thing happened is that uh, uh, there's a bigger light, about the size of a, what, oh gosh, a building, uh, um, I guess, uh, downtown building that has large glass windows. These barracks have large glass windows, and this light was uh, pretty big. John, you and I have to take our commercial break with the news yeah. at the bottom of the hour. Please stand by. Are you okay? Yeah, I just get uh, kind of antsy and emotional about this. Must be I, hard. It must like be hard. There. It must be hard reliving this. Well, sometimes I don't t- just don't talk about it, you know. All right, Watch I'm glad your time. Glad you're sharing it with us tonight, John. Stand by. We'll be right back to you. John Vasquez is our special guest. We're talking about 
an incident at Fort Benning, Georgia, in September of 1977. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with more of this fascinating story live and around the world on Talkstar. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. It was an event in September 1997 that has kept Georgia on the mind of our guest of this hour, Exxon Nation. Don Vescuas is our special guest, and we're talking about an event at Fort Benning, Georgia, in September 1977. John, could you continue your story, please? And thanks for being with us tonight. Yes, um, thank you for having me on your show. I appreciate it. Um, going back to the story, mm-hmm. I know I sound really anxious, but uh, you know, it's just I get into that mold, and it's not non-stopping. I mean, you know, I, I, I was there, so you know, I know what happened to us. You rel- you relive it every time you talk yeah, about it. Yeah, it's like just happened last night. So. <laughs> um, Again, I going back to the story. I remember lying on the ground, and I'm looking up, and this bigger light just started cruising around on the first building. And I'm going, "This is not happening." This light was huge and intense, bright white light, and it was so bright that it was silhouetting all the frames in the building. So I'm going, "Wow, what is this?" You know, I, I must be hallucinating this. And my buddy, who was laying next to me is is asking me, John, what is it? What do you think this is? And I go, I don't know, but whatever it is, it's coming around the building. So uh, he asked, what do you want to do? And I said, well, you know, the the building we're in uh, underneath, it's really dark. So why don't we just crawl into the center of the building? So all of us did. So we went to the center of the building, stopped, and by now this, this object parked itself in front of us. And it silhouetted the whole building, illuminate the whole, gosh, it just illuminated everything, too. And um, that's when I started hearing something. It sounds weird, unusual, and bizarre, but I, my left forehead started to get cold, and there was pressure there. And I hear this female voice. It said, it's okay. Don't be afraid. Come out. 
And I'm going, whoa, it sounded like a metallic voice far away, but it's right there. And I'm asking the guys, do you guys hear this? Do you guys hear this? And they're all kind of looking at me like, uh, John, what's wrong with you, you know? And I heard it again. She said the same thing. And by now, I was telling the guys, and I told them, listen, let me go out there and see what this thing is. And, well, they kind of agreed, and uh, I started crawling out. There was another guy who followed me, but I told him to get, you know, just stay behind with the rest. And when I started crawling out of the building, I noticed something something even more bizarre. Every time when I crawled closer and closer to uh, the grassy mall, my hands would disappear, vanish. Your hands would disappear? Yeah, invisible. I could feel the ground, mm -hmm. but I can't see my hands, both my hands. It's like maybe the light was so intense, it uh, my hands would disappear. I don't know, that was kind of strange. strange. Really. Yeah, it would disappear, and I could feel the ground. That's weird. And I, when I started crawling out, I felt this concrete sidewalk, and I felt that. But, and I went up on the grassy mall. I stood up, turned to my left, and this uh, huge, intense white light was sitting right in front of me. And I looked to my left or down below to the left, and there was something small. It was in the light a little bit, but there was something small, scurry right back into the light again. I don't know what that was, but it, it was it's like a small thing. And, uh, well, I wanted to shield my, my uh, eyes from this brightness, so I looked at my left hand, and I see my hands now, and something hit my shoulder, and it sounded like a fuse being blown. And I go down, and I could hear one of the guys screaming my last name and reaching for me, so I reached back at him, and uh, I felt something else hit my back, and I became unconscious. And I don't, know, I don't know how long that was, but then when I noticed or heard something, um, there was a person on my left, another person on my right. There was a cover over me, and I was being lifted up like an, ele like an elevator. And I was heading straight to this, uh, uh, it looked like a doorway light. Something opened up. And I wasn't the only one who was being lifted up from the ground, too. There was other people going, coming up, other guys, other soldiers. And you were going up into this craft? Yeah. yeah there was a door opened up or something in the sky. You know, the, the whole sky is dark. I don't see any stars. Mm -hmm. But then there's a bright light, like a door opened up. And we're heading right straight to it. I was, and so was the other guys. Uh, when I got there, well, I hear this uh, female voice again. Now, when you get there, you're inside the ship. Yeah, I was okay. inside the ship, and I, I, I could hear this uh, female voice again. And she asked me, how are you? How are you doing? Or something like that. And, I said, and I'm thinking, what? what? You know, I didn't say nothing. I was just, I guess, talking to her from her mind or something. And I, I was going, what do you mean by how am I doing? You know, that's a strange question to ask, and I'm going through all this. And uh, she said, don't worry, everything's going to be fine. You're going to be okay. Just lay still, and uh, we'll take care of you. So, you know, I don't know how long I was out, but uh, once in a while I would uh, wake up or something, and I uh, all of a sudden when I did that, uh, I turned my left, my face to my left, 
and I see rolls of guys lying on metal slabs. And this place was huge. It's like walking into a mall. Wow. Um, and uh, there was rolls and rolls of guys, like, in line, but it was kind of curved, circular. And I'm looking at these guys and going, God, what is this? What's going on here? You know? And uh, uh, she came back and uh, she pointed her finger, long finger at me and she said, go to sleep. So I passed out right there. I think she didn't want me to see what was going on. What was going on? Um, examination, roll by roll, one person at a time. Like a conveyor belt, you know, mm-hmm. next one, next one. You know, and uh, I'm out for a while, and then uh, next day I remember, after she pointed her finger at me, is that I'm sitting up, and I'm looking at this um, unusual, oh, terrifying look. Uh, it was a male being or something. Uh, the hideous part is that his, his uh, cranium, his head, had lumps on it, huge lumps, like bumps, you know. And uh, I'm looking at him. He's telling me, look into my eyes and you'll be fine. And I go, no, I'm not looking into your eyes. I don't know who you are. I don't know what's going on here. I must be hallucinating all this. You know, and he says, no, 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 just look into my eye and uh, you'll be fine. So I'm kind of looking into his eyes and three images came to my mind, like a picture. One was myself standing in the middle of the ocean. I mean, thousands of miles all around me, there was no land. I'm just standing in the middle of the ocean. And the next one was I was in my room. Well, not my room, but in some huge room. And there was lights flickering off and on, different lights. And I'm seeing this uh, window, huge window, glass window, like a, Mm -hmm. I don't know, viewpoint. Right. And uh, I'm looking at this planet being destroyed exploding and uh, you know a lot of people ask me well you think that was earth John I go no I I had the impression that they were telling me that was their planet their planet was being destroyed and they were looking for another one and I think they found it here now when they were communicating with you telepathically um, did you feel as if you were in any imminent danger? Did you feel as if there was safety aboard this craft? Well, actually, you know, they were in control. Mm-hmm. And what they wanted to do was to take us in control. So, you know, basically um, I felt um, actually no no kind of um, um, hostile environment at all or hostile feeling from these guys. Because when I was looking at the, this one point where this viewpoint was, and, and I get the impression that they were telling me that was our planet, and we, we were looking for another one, you know. And then, and like I, I like I said, they they did find one, or which is here. How long they're gonna stay? I don't yeah. know. They might not even stay at all. But they did find another place to go to, far away from here. So how long were you aboard this craft? Um, well. Um, if I can mention the, the third image I saw. Oh, please, yeah. Yeah, uh, the third image was a, a humanoid. He had a white dressing on. looked like a hat. Mm-hmm. Um, 
his uh, face is all pale, white pale, uh, like uh, paste, white paste uh, face, long, narrow uh, chin, Mm -hmm. long, narrow nose, eyes uh, um, like a humanoid. It wasn't slanted or huge, just regular humanoid, no eyebrows, um, but his eyes were like silver or mercury. Wow. Yeah, weird-looking humanoid. So when that was over, the next thing I remember is that all of us, each and every one of us, 1,300 men, officers, sergeants, everybody, we're back in formation again. So let, let me just uh, see if I understand this. All 1,300 members of A, B, C, and D Company were taken into this craft. Yes, I think so. Yeah, well, I mean, something happened to us. I mean, we were, we were in this huge mall. I mm-hmm. mean, this mall was like, you've seen a mall. You can walk in and, and it's about two, geez, uh, three or four stories high, and we're all laying on metal slabs. And uh, it's like a straight line, but a curve to to your right a little bit, like in circ- like in a circle. Oh, all right, so you end up back in formation, uh-huh. and I'm just hurrying it on a little bit because we're running out of time. What yeah. happened when you got back into formation? When we got back in formation, and we, you know, our sergeants were telling us go go back to your barracks, and I, I'm thinking, hey, where's the captain's speech? He never made a speech, and we lost all of us lost our balance. The ground the the ground came up on us. For me, it did. I fell over. When I got up and I was asking what happened, they were, everybody was saying, yeah, we all fell down, and we started walking back to our barracks. Some of us got sick, and uh, I looked at my watch, and it's at 7.30, and I asked my buddy what time it was, and he said, oh, no, it's uh, 3.30. Uh, he asked his friend, he said, no, 4.45, all night long, all morning. We walked back to our barracks, and... Everybody had this bizarre behavior. I never seen this bizarre before. It was weird. I mean, some guys went to bed with this flashlight on and uh, mm-hmm. the covers over them, and some guys would pop up screaming. I just saw a face in a wall and screaming and turning the lights off and on. And John, is it possible that that? All of you were part of some sort of experiment, psychological experiment, performed by the staff at Fort Benning? You know, that's a good question you asked, because I checked that, and, uh, uh, you know, I had to jump way to the last week of uh, September. Now, we're jumping across um, pretty, like, three weeks to jump, okay? Yeah. And, um, yeah, we uh, the last week of September not mentioning the other rest of the thing that happened to us uh, in, in between the month of uh, September, um, this female officer came by, very petite. She had about, what, five or six uh, drill sergeants that we never seen before, and they were like ex-football players, you know, 6'6", six, 6'8", six, 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 and wherever she went, they followed her around. And we're kind of surprised to see her around because she's female, and there's no female around in our post, and, um, well, we, we wanted to find out what she was all about, and a couple of days later, we got the word that she was a, a psychiatrist. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and then she wanted to talk to all of us, and 
I tell myself, no, she's not going to be talking to me, no way, uh-uh. But uh, well, three days later, I was sitting in a, um, was it a pool room, playing pool and watching TV, and uh, I walked out, and I was walking down the stairway, and here she comes with one of my buddies. And normally he would have said something like, hey, John, what's going on, you know, what you've been hearing, or something like that. But uh, this time he just uh, looked at her, and she looked at him, and uh, he just walked away. John, stand by. We've got to take a break. We'll be right okay. back. John Vescuez is our special guest. A very interesting story. This goes back to September 1977 in Fort Benning in Georgia. The name of this book is entitled Incident at Fort Benning. It's available on Amazon.com. John and I will return on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues live and around the world on the Talk Star Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. We'll be back after this break. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi, I'm Larry Lawson, host of Paranormal Stakeout. With over 36 years in law enforcement, I have learned a few things. The most important is the proper gathering and preservation of evidence is vital to putting the bad guy behind bars. It's no different in the world of paranormal investigation, whether it's the search for the afterlife, cryptozoology, UFOs, and extraterrestrials. How we gather the evidence, preserve that evidence, and present it to a jury of our peers will make the ultimate difference in proving the existence of worlds and entities that are beyond our imagination. Join me, Larry Lawson, every week on Paranormal Stakeout when, along with my guests, we'll take a journey to prove with indisputable evidence what man has struggled to believe for centuries. Go to xzbn.net for the broadcast schedule and check me out at paranormalstakeout.com. John Vasquez is our special guest. We're talking about the... UFO incident and abduction of 1,300 members of the ABCD company at Fort Benning on September in, on September in 1977. John, I've got about three and a half minutes left. Can we wrap up the story? Yeah, I'll make it really fast. And what happened next to me is that when she came up the stair, I saluted mm-hmm. and she saluted. Next thing what she did was unbelievable. She just took my left hand and jabbed me with something like a needle, and I was under drug-induced hypnosis. Wow. And she asked me all kinds of questions about what happened that night. And the last thing she asked, uh, she also got personal questions, but uh, the last thing she told me is that, John, you're going to forget everything you remember about this event. Well, how she did that, she used her um, index fingers. One, uh, she put one on the left temple, right temple, and she squeezed real hard. And I know I was screaming, don't do this, I'm, part of me will die. But uh, she did it anyway, and uh, gosh, the next thing I remember, I stood up, and she's standing in front of me, and she's screaming, what are you doing here, soldier? Let's go back to work. And I'm saluting, and I'm going, well, I forgot everything. Wow. Yeah, I was gone. <laughs> you know, everything was blocked off. 
And I did contact some of the, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, sir. Yeah, I did contact some of the people that was there, and uh, I found my sergeant and my captain, and I asked them questions about the formation. They couldn't remember anything, but there's one thing I found. There was a down chopper that was on fire, and I got that information from uh, Fort Rutgers, Alabama. I said, do you remember that uh, down chopper that was on fire? Uh, no. I couldn't remember that. I mean, that's like asking someone if they remember that their house on fire, mm-hmm. you know? And um, also, if anybody else wants to find out what I'm to the post, they re-landscaped everything. They took, torn everything down, put something else on there. And now they got brand new buildings, and you're not going to believe what I'll tell you. It, they're called starships. 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 Brand new buildings. Everything's inside. Cafeteria, everything. Barracks. They're called starships. John, do you have a website people can go to? I'm sorry, sir? Do you have a website? Uh, no, I don't. I don't have a website. I wish I would. Gosh, I'm, I'm trying to get myself built up here. Mm-hmm. And I've been working at, at this for 15 years. But, you know, you know how it goes. I mean, you got to have res- uh, resources, do all these things. And I like to do this so that way people will know what's going on with this. Mm-hmm. And not, not just shake it off and just say, ah, oh, it's one of those stories, you know. It's one of those, uh, huh big deal stories or something like that but you know i i investigated this i got paperwork i got people talking i've been on oh gosh a bunch of shows and uh i got a book out and uh i've been on magazines and also reader magazine here in san diego and you know i'm working on this i'm working on keep organized just the resources that are john you and i are going to have to say so long for now but i'm going to bring you back on in a couple of weeks because i have a whole bunch of questions i'd like to ask you oh yes sir John, take care of yourself. Thanks very much for yeah, joining us tonight. Thank you very much. Have a good night. You too now. John Vasquez, the name of the book is, do you have your pencils and paper ready? You sure do. Incident at Fort Benning, and it's available at Amazon.com. Once again, that's Incident at Fort Benning, and it's available at Amazon.com. When we come back from the news at the top of the hour, I will be joined by Robert Lee Camp right here on the Talkstar Radio Network in the X-Zone. Don't go away. More to come. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 